Hello, everyone. I'm Anastasia, and welcome to my podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little Q&A answering some questions that you guys asked via Instagram. So we're going to get to cover a lot of different topics today instead of just one. I really like listening to podcast episodes like this, so hopefully you guys will too. Hey guys, I hope you're all having a great day. I am having a great day because I have a new microphone. My mom surprised me with a new microphone totally out of the blue. I don't think she's even listened to my podcast, but I had been using one that I got from Five Below because I'm broke and I was planning on getting an upgrade when I started my job, you know, and began getting paid. Um, And I've been trying to just make the sound quality as good as I could with what I have, but I think this microphone is going to make a huge difference in the quality of my episodes, and I cannot thank my mom enough for getting this for me. So thank you, mom. You are the best. For the first episode with this improved sound quality, I wanted to do a little Q&A, and I say little because... I only got like six questions, but nonetheless, the people asked, so I shall answer. Okay, the first question I got is how to have a clear headspace when you feel mentally heavy. I feel like when you feel mentally heavy, it's because you have a lot of things on your plate, you know, a long to-do list. It's very overwhelming. The first thing that I would do is write everything down, everything that I need to do. I personally would use the notes app on my phone because you can make it into an actual checklist and you can like tap the circle and it'll fill in with a little yellow check mark when you're done. And it's super satisfying and visually appealing. I wish I was someone who wrote things down on paper, but it's just more convenient for me to use my phone because it's always like right at the tip of my fingers. Once everything you need to do is written down and you can like see it all, I feel like it really frees up your brain a little bit because you're not having to rely on your brain to be like actively remembering it because it's already written down right in front of you and it's not going to just disappear. You're not going to just forget about it if it's written down. Then once you see your to-do list, you can start planning to check those things off. Once you have a general idea of when you're going to get those things done, you can kind of forget about them until you're ready to tackle it. And then there are The other bigger things that don't fit into a checklist that can make you feel mentally heavy, like being stressed about money or other things that are more out of your control, things that you can't, you know, just sit down for an hour or so and get done. I'm a big planner and I think that's one thing that could help you out with these big things that are weighing on you. Being able to see the end, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is sometimes impossible when you're deep in the thick of it. But if you know the landmarks that you should see right before the end, it can help you make you feel like you are going to make progress. If you're stressed about money and it's weighing you down, try to brainstorm a few things that could help the problem. If you really need to find a new job, then start small. Apply to like five or six places every week because if you're stressed about money, with no plan to improve your situation, it's just going to wear you down and keep you down until something changes. And you have to actively make that change to alleviate that stress that's clouding your mind. If you're getting weighed down by things that you have no control over, 
like, for example, the health of a family member or a decision that someone else has to make that will in turn affect you, I am telling you right now, let it go. I know people talk about not worrying things that you can't control, and I know it's hard. I am a type A person. I always need to be in charge. I want to be able to have control over everything in my life, but the reality is that that is just impossible. Back to my example of being mentally heavy when you're concerned over the health of a family member. That is not in your control. There is nothing that you can do about it, so you have to focus on what you can do. What you can do is you can text them or you can call them and check up on them, ask them if there's anything you can do for them. You know, you could visit, keep them company, take their mind off things, or you could send them flowers, send them food. Anything that you think will let them know that you are thinking of them, you are here for them, and that you love them, All of that is in your power, so lean into that and do what you can do. It won't stop you from thinking and worrying about it, but it might help you feel like you're doing something, and by doing something about it, you can make it take up a little less space in your brain. Hopefully a combination of writing down what you need to do and can actually do, and making a plan to tackle those things, and focusing on what you can do about a situation that you don't have much control over, will free up some space in your mind to make you feel a little less heavy with what you're carrying with you. The next question I was asked is, what is your biggest fear about going into big four accounting? I feel like I touched on this a little bit in the episode I did about my favorite TV shows when I kind of went on a rant about how I'm feeling about starting work. But straight to the point, my biggest fear is that I will be working all the time. And when I say working all the time, I mean like all day and weekends every single week of the year. I know that working late will be the norm during busy season, but I am afraid it might never end. (laughs) Busy season runs pretty much from January 1st to April 15th, and it's just the culture of Big Four accounting and all public accounting firms that during those four months every year, you are putting in 60 to 80 hours every week, which means working until 10, 11 p.m. all week, and then you're also expected to be working Saturday and Sunday too. And I am dreading it so much. But the thing is, busy season is supposed to end in April after the deadlines hit. Sometimes it doesn't. And that is what I'm worried about. There are deadlines all year, depending on whenever the company's fiscal year end is, and then you have to worry about the extended deadlines. So busy season hours could last all year if you're really unlucky or you're just put on like shitty teams and shitty clients. And I'm terrified that work will become all I have time for. Like, I still want to be able to go to the gym and have my weekends free to do stuff that I want to do. But in big four, like public accounting in general, you don't get to just clock off at five and be done for the day if you have things unfinished. You have to work late and finish when you're dealing with deadlines. So I'm just hoping at this point that one, I get put on mostly partnership clients because Those usually have the same deadlines as individuals and are on like a normal calendar year deadline schedule. And two, that busy season will end on time and I won't be working crazy long hours all year because I don't know how long I'll be able to last if that is my schedule. And I do want to stay in public for a decent amount of time. I feel like my fear stems from horror stories that I've read online, and I'm really praying that those are like one-off flukes, but at some point, if multiple people are saying the same thing, why would my experience be the exception? 
My next question is, what tips would you give to someone who is struggling to do well in classes? All right. Well, if you're struggling in class, here are the obvious first steps. You need to talk to your professor and ask for extra help. That should 100% be your first step. Um, If you're missing deadlines and forgetting to turn things in, you need to write all of your assignments and homework on your calendar, either on your computer or your phone, so it's easy to see when it's due. I recommend color coordinating by class. If you have an Apple products, it's super easy to create a new um, calendar tab like by color for each of your classes, and then it's on your computer and on your phone. So you'll like get notifications on your phone that you have something to do. If you can't get work done at home, go to campus and find a quiet, secluded place to work. When I was in school, I lived in those little individual study rooms you can reserve in the library. Literally my saving grace because I cannot focus on school at home. If those are all booked up, maybe see if you can find like a classroom that's still open at the end of the day or anywhere that's just quiet and secluded so that the only thing you have to work on is the work right in front of you. That means put your phone on do not disturb, hide it so you can't even see it. I used to put my phone literally behind my computer so I wouldn't it wouldn't be in my field of vision. And if you don't see it, it's definitely going to help you not go on it. I also highly recommend doing all of your work for the week on Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Make the front of your week school heavy so as you get tired and ready for the weekend, you've already completed all of your work for the week so you aren't missing out still getting to do all the fun stuff that comes with being in college. But obviously, if you're struggling, you need to make sure that you've already gotten your work done before you do anything else. Now, if you're really struggling and you've already done most of what I recommended, your next step should be asking yourself and being honest with yourself on why you're struggling. Are you not understanding the material? Then you need to find a tutor who can explain it in a different way or maybe watch some YouTube videos where someone explains it differently so hopefully it'll click. Are you struggling because you don't want to be in that class because it's not interesting to you? Well, either you're going to have to suck it up and get through it if you need that class to reach your goals or really reevaluate what you want to do and if this is something you really want to pursue. If you're totally unmotivated because you're miserable in this major, then you need to see if there are other majors or class options. Like maybe you could keep most of your credits if you just switch to a different degree program. But if you're struggling in most of your classes, that might be a sign that you're in the wrong major. At the end of the day, if you're doing everything you can and you're still really struggling in that class, you you need to look inward. What is the root of why you're struggling? And if it's so bad that you might fail the class, maybe you need to just take the L with the draw and try again a different semester with a different professor. But also, college is hard. It's unrealistic to expect to never struggle. I struggled every single semester, but I made it through. And so have so many other people, and so will you if you really want it. One of the things that kept me going while I was studying for the CPA exam was the phrase, you can do hard things. As simple as it is saying that to myself when I felt like the material was just impossible to learn or remember or just get through... It just really helped me keep pushing because just because it's hard doesn't mean you can't do it. 
Okay, the next question is, how do I keep pushing myself in the gym when I feel like I'm not seeing any progress? Well, if you ask almost anyone who goes to the gym, they will tell you you don't see progress every day. It's unrealistic to expect to see progress every day, but it's also so frustrating to be going to the gym for weeks and not seeing any progress. And believe me, I have so been there. Like I talked about in my fitness journey episode, I literally didn't see progress for years when I started out, and the only thing you can do is just keep going. Progress is disgustingly slow, and it's hard to remember that when you see people's transformations on Instagram or TikTok and, you know, people are always obsessed with, like, 10-minute abs or I lost 30 pounds in 30 days, like, bullshit trends like that. You have to just realize that progress is slow, and the literal only way you're going to see it is if you don't stop. For me, I always ever notice progress like once in a while, and it would just like hit me randomly. Like I would look in the mirror one day and be like, oh, okay, I finally see a quad popping out, or I finally see a bicep. Like it was just all of a sudden one day I noticed it. That's how it always went. Like I would try on clothes that I hadn't worn in a while and all of a sudden they fit differently. Everything that I've ever noticed, it was all suddenly, just one day. And then I wouldn't notice any changes until a couple months later and I would wake up, look in the mirror and all of a sudden, you know, a new like muscle is starting to get outlined. And so it's going to hit you all of a sudden. You're not going to be able to see it every day. It's just one day you're going to wake up and oh, I see progress. The worst part of it, though, is when you feel like you're looking at negative progress. Um, This past summer, both of my quads were pretty visible, but I fell into a little bit of a rut towards the end of the summer, beginning of fall, and my quads definitely aren't as noticeable now if I don't have a pump. So that kind of like negative progress is hard to take in. But you have to remember that it's all part of life. The line never goes straight up without any dips. Never. If you're really committed to bettering yourself and you want to change your body or your health, you have to keep going even when you don't see progress. You have got to make it part of your routine so you're not able to just quit when you don't notice any changes because if you keep going, you will get there. The next question I got is travel tips for the East Coast and I wish I had better tips, but I just like don't feel like I've traveled enough to give detailed advice. But what I do know is that if you're planning on driving up to the New England area, you're going to have to pay tolls. Um, I went on a road trip to Massachusetts this past summer, and honestly, the amount of tolls were just really annoying. Um, I'm still waiting for some toll bills to come in because obviously I don't drive up there very often. I don't have the easy pass, so I'm just like at the mercy of whenever these states are going to send me my bill. (laughs) Um, The New Jersey Turnpike does have cash tolls, though, so I was able to pay cash for a couple. But yeah, I wish I had better tips. I'm just, like, not that experienced yet. And the East Coast is a lot of different areas. Like, Florida and New England and D.C. are all on the East Coast, but they're all very different. So just know that the East Coast consists of a lot of different areas. Like, in the north, you have to pay for beaches. That's also something that I learned. Yeah, like New Jersey, you have to pay to access the beach. And down here in North Carolina, you can just go to the beach. Like, you don't have to pay. The concept of paying to get on a beach was just outrageous to me when I first heard of it. Plus, the north is, like, disgustingly expensive. And then down here in the south, it's way cheaper. But I feel like that's pretty indicative of anywhere in the country. But yeah, the east coast, large. 
very diverse. The next question I was asked by one of my good friends is, how do I find me some bitches? Well, first off, if you're referring to women you want to date as bitches, I think that might be your main problem. But if you're a nice guy who wants to date a nice girl, I do have a few pieces of advice. First, I think it's important to be friends with whoever you want to date first before you actually date them. If you're going into every conversation with a girl with the intent to get them to date you, I think you're going at it wrong. It might come across as like desperate or overbearing, but it reduces women down to an object for pleasure. You want to be friends with this girl. You, If you really want to be in a relationship with someone, you need to actually like them as a person. You know, you want to have the same life views as them. You want to be on the same page of all the big topics. There is so much more to a meaningful relationship than just attraction. And so that honestly, in my opinion, should be an afterthought. You are dating a person with an outward appearance, but you need to get to know and really like the person regardless of their outward appearance. Another thing is you need to go to places where you can actually meet girls that you can date. For example, let's just say you're an officer in the military and you're having trouble finding girls because you can't date anyone you work with. Let's also say you're super into the gym, so finding a girl that shares that same hobby is important to you. My piece of advice would be maybe you should stop going to the gym on base because you're only going to be finding girls you can't date. So maybe, just maybe, it's worth it to spend the $10 a month to join an off-base gym to meet available women. Just a suggestion if anyone, you know, might be in that situation. But just general advice, you know, be a nice guy. Treat women with respect. If the conversation is flowing and you're both laughing, then it might be a sign that you guys might be compatible and you can take it from there. But don't don't go into it with, I want to date this girl, because I feel like that is just the wrong expectations up front. You need to be friends first. Like, I know it's probably cliche, but I think that's the best way to go about it. And our last question is, what do you do when you encounter a bear? Well, if watching outdoorsy shows has taught me anything, it's that if you're outside in places where there might be a bear, pay attention to your surroundings. You are going into their home, so be respectful. Uh, Also, bears don't like loud noises, so as you're walking along, it's good to say like in a loud voice, hey bear. And things like that. Like, if you watch outdoors, these shows, people say, like, hey, bear, all the time. And, you know, you got to make it, like, deep. You know, maybe clap a little bit so that the bears can hear you and move away. It's also a very good idea to carry bear spray whenever you're going into places where it might be a bear. And always remain calm. If you see a bear, stay away. Don't get close. Either turn around if you can't safely walk by the bear or patiently wait for the bear to walk away. You are in their home. Therefore, they should be getting your respect. Um, If you're camping, it's always a good idea to keep the food and trash that you bring in a sealed container and put it away from your camp when you're not using it because you don't want to lure the bears or, or other animals into your camp where you are. 
Um, And also in the late summer, early fall, before they go into hibernation, they are more likely to be aggressive because they're they're running out of time to compete for food and be able to survive winter. So I feel like the main takeaway here is if you're going into their home, be aware of your surroundings, be respectful, don't taunt them, don't go up to them and try to make loud noises so that they hear you and they avoid you in the first place. That rounds out all the questions you guys have asked me for my first Q&A. I hope I was able to give some decent advice. I really, really tried. (laughs) And I hope you were able to notice that the sound is better thanks to my new microphone. I always appreciate you guys who stay till the very end of the episode. And I will be back next week with another episode. Bye, guys.